I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Check it out. I want to welcome our new sponsor, Wix.com, supporting us here at Rebel Radio. If you need a website, go to Wix.com. You can build your site today. It's so easy, simple to customize. There's no coding, no programming, none of that. Drag and drop editors, everything you need to make a killer website. Do it now. It's easy and free at Wix.com. Wix.com. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Tina Butterwolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up? What's up? Welcome to Rebel Radio. Check out our brand new theme song, the Rebel Radio Anthem. Shout out to our people over at White House Music. Thanks for making this beat slap. Are you ready for this? Our interview today with DJ JCO. The man is nice on the turntables. He's a DMC finalist, an MIC turntablist champion. He won the VH1 Master of the Mix. He's been on tour with Wiz Khalifa and many others, and he's now focusing his efforts on his production. He stops by our studio to drop some knowledge on us and to play us a sneak preview, which I'm not going to share with you because it was in private, but a sneak peek at his upcoming collaboration with Redman. He gives us some lessons on how how to take feedback and when to ignore it. Uh, very important stuff there and he's going to tell us how he he put a uh, old school street promo campaign for one of his recent releases and uh, why that makes sense to do in a digital world good stuff there I hope you're ready right after this the EDM.com track of the week
Okay, that was Ricky Remedy with Rush, our EDM.com track of the week. If you like that, go to EDM.com and you will find much more music that you love. And now let's hear the interview with JCO. You recorded in here? Uh, I have a recorder in here, but when uh, Ben Madahi was here, uh-huh. yeah. um, did some stuff with him here. Nice. I did like a little showcase for like Mike Karen and all oh, cool. in here. Yeah, yeah, those are the cool. homies. They, yeah. they take care of us. Yeah, that's, our, that's, yeah. that's how we get family. to be here. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, cool, man. Thanks for coming. I, I, of course. I know you uh, stay busy, so yeah. I appreciate you making time. <laughs> Definitely. Of course. It's good. It's Is good. this my good levels? I think you're like the only person that's actually said that. Everyone just starts like talking, oh, like, and then we're chasing. I, like, I come from yeah, a yeah. production standpoint, for sure. Yeah, like I went to Emerson, so like, you know, filming stuff. Right. I have a background in that as well. Oh, is so that I'm right? always like thinking about all aspects of shit. Yeah. How much of filming when I do you shouldn't do? be even thinking about it. <laughs> How much of filming do you do now? Um, I don't really do any like in terms of me actually filming, but like if I'm on a shoot or like shooting something for me like i'm very hands-on yeah, yeah. you like geek shots out and, and <laughs> editing and you know that's good you like that stuff yeah what were you is that what you studied at emerson uh well i got a degree in media arts okay so it was like audio and radio production was my focus but i had to take classes in like yeah film and cinematography and so you editing. knew you wanted to go into that yeah that, yeah something creative yeah 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 when uh how, how'd you first just get into music Man, I got into music. I mean, obviously, just as a kid, you know, being around music, you yeah. know, you're you're into music. But like when I got really passionate about it was uh, in eighth grade. Okay. Um, I actually was living in L.A. and my family uprooted to Pittsburgh, uh-huh. Pennsylvania. You born in L.A.? I was born here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, it was pretty much the worst thing I could imagine leaving L.A. to Pittsburgh. up in Hollywood, California, to go That's to not Pittsburgh, like a big Pennsylvania. Corridor. You know, I was yeah. just like, I'm staying, I'm moving in with my best friend. Like, I was just like, no. But when we moved there, uh, my, who turned out to be my best friend was this kid who was a little bit older. Okay. And uh, he was really into hip hop, and my older brother was into hip hop. Yeah. And um, they, uh, you know, both were like kind of into DJing. And like, one of my good friends had a, a VHS tape of, you know, like the DMC battles, mm-hmm. like scratching and everything. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, this shit is crazy. Yeah. I was like, I got to learn how to do that. And that was the time that, like, Def Comedy Jam was popping right, and, like, right, Kid right. Capri was on the yeah. thing, like, Control. And I was like, that's so cool. I was like, I got to learn how to do that. Yeah. So, really, like, my love for DJing started in eighth grade. And it's like, that's when I got my first set of turntables. And it's that's been, cool. like, game over since then. What, uh, <laughs> what kind of music were you into before that? Before that? Yeah. Like, Just I was kid. kind of all over the place. I was like, uh, I was into skateboarding, okay. like so I was like kind of like jumping around from you know stuff from like Offspring to uh-huh. to Green Day to Pantera to Rage Against the Machine to Beastie Boys, kind of yeah. like all over the place. Sure. But um, do you remember like a your? Do you remember like I have a, like I can remember like my first record that I yeah that lives with me. You know yeah. what I mean? Do, do you I don't have remember that? the first physical. Rec- I mean, I mean, damn. I remember getting like, I remember I had two live crew <laughs> on cassette, yeah. single, and like my parents like didn't know about it and I'd bang it. Which you single? Know. <laughs> I believe it was, fuck, which one was it? I can't remember. 
They had so well, many. What was their, fir- their first, like, big one? Well, the first one was We Want Some Pussy. Yeah, that, that was And then Ortho the D was, like, the underground. It was yeah. We Want Some Pussy, for yeah. sure. And my parents were not down. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Of course I was. Also, in that same time, I was like Tribe Called Quest, like uh-huh. Midnight Marauders, yeah. was like constantly in my tape deck, you know, yeah. De La Soul. Like, I come from a real, like, you know, like purist hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I like fell in love with DJing sure. and, and music, really. Yeah. 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 And that's what, so we, so in eighth grade, you start getting on the tables, that's the kind of stuff you're doing. Yeah. I yeah. was super, I was just like, I wanted to learn how to scratch, mm-hmm. you know. And that was like my main thing. I wanted mm-hmm. to be a battle DJ and like yeah. compete, and like rock and rock and parties wasn't even my main thing at that okay. point. I was just like, I need to learn how these guys are doing that. Yeah, with the records. Were you a uh, competitive person? Super, like before super that? competitive. Yeah. Like I, I'm a, a family of. Well, I'm part of three boys, and uh-huh. I'm the middle. So yeah. I have the older brother, <laughs> who you got him from both my, sides. Yeah. So like. I always got to try and beat my older brother, and then yeah. I got to keep my younger brother in check. <laughs> you know, so it's like I grew up, you know, whether it's food, yeah, you know, to any sport, you know, yeah. like it's always a competition. So I grew up just being like, you know, I always want to, you know, I just I want to win. Are your brothers <laughs> in music? Um, not no, they're not. But my older brother, we kind of started, yeah, like DJing at the same time, mm-hmm. and like we were both like into it. But I just just. I was just way more passionate about it. And once I got better than him, he's like, all right, man, I'm giving up. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> and he yeah. became a chef. Now he's like an incredible chef. Oh, cool. Oh, right. So, we heard. Nice. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. But so, uh, you know, I know kids like you, you know, I remember mm-hmm. being that and um, like, you, and you just spend all day in the bedroom, like working the tables, right? Yeah. I mean, like, cause I was like heavy skateboarding, graffiti. Yeah at that at that year and then as soon as i picked up dj and got tables at home i was like after school yeah. straight to practice like all my friends like let's go skate let's uh-huh. go tag and i'm like nah dude i gotta i gotta go practice yeah you know? what, what were you practicing against was it just love or were you like was there a party you're like that's where no, I, I, I wasn't even like trying to play out mm-hmm. or like there wasn't like a specific battle this this point i was just like i need to learn the techniques like how does this work? How does yeah. this technology work? Mm-hmm. And how do I, like, I used to listen, like, one of the first, like, mixtapes that really, like, spawned my, you know, creativity as a DJ was, like, you know, Funk Master Flex, 60 Minutes of Funk, Volume okay. 1. Yeah. And it was, like, he's not crazy technical, but right. he just had, like, the flavor cuts and, like, would bring stuff in. And I was, like, I got to learn how to do that. So I'd literally, like, listen to that and then get a record and be, like, how, how do I do that? Like, no one taught me. Like yelling on the mic too, like flex. Nah, nah. <laughs> no. I was pretty timid on the mic early okay. on. Now, I, now I'm a maniac. Yeah. But yeah. Early on, I was just like, 
you know, kind of right. like hermit, just like practice, you know? For sure. Yeah. And then when, uh, so do you remember, like, when did you go out and DJ for people for the first time? There was like a handful of like high school parties. But and not battles. Yeah. My first battle was uh, in college, freshman okay. year. So you're playing um, parties in high school. Yeah, playing parties a bit in high school, but not a ton. Yeah. Do you um, remember the first first time you played for a crowd? Yeah, the first time was actually my parents gave me and my older brother a go-ahead to throw a New Year's party at our house. Nice. And, uh, you know, my Were brother... They no, they weren't. Oh, okay. And my brother was a wow. senior and I was a freshman, so yeah. it was just like the range of everyone <laughs> from my high school Oh my God, that's was crazy. there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we threw down, we set up the tables in the living room, and that was probably my first experience of like rocking a real party. How did it feel? Is this in Pittsburgh? Yeah, this is in Pittsburgh. Oh, awesome. Do you remember how it felt? Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. I love it. Even though I'm sure I sucked at uh -huh. that point, but it was just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just to control, be the guy who's controlling the whole atmosphere of a room or a party, you know, right. it was just like such a, you know, gratifying so were, feeling. Were you aware of that at the time? I mean, we talked to a lot of DJs about, you know, that you, you develop this sense that you can really control the room, mm -hmm. right? And uh, what, you know, Victor Duplay was just on talking about how, you know, in his scenario, like somebody might die depending on what happens in that room, you know? Yeah. And like, hopefully not at your high school party, but, right. um, but, but like you can have that much influence over oh, yeah. what happens. Right. And so, but are you aware of that? Like at, at, at this first party or does that happen over time? I mean, that's definitely happens over time. Yeah. Like when you first start DJing, you're just like, how do I not train wreck these two records? Right. You know, there's no sync at this time. Yeah, yeah. These vinyl records, there's no, like, looking sure. at the waveform, making sure they're lined up. It's like just you and this vinyl record and this needle that's probably going to skip anyways. Right. You know, so it's like, it was tough. You know, mm -hmm. it, it took years to develop the talent to, to read a room mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and be able to, like, even, like, mid-set, you know, like, you have usually before I play... Even now to like back then, you go in like, all right, this is what I'm gonna start with this mm -hmm. and go from there in this direction. But like sometimes that's that's not working with your crowd and like yeah. you never know who's actually gonna be in the crowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like you gotta be able to read the room and see and and you know, change directions at the at the drop of a hat, you know, which is yeah. a very tough skill. Sure. And a lot of DJs, I mean, especially in electronic, I don't think have right. that capability yeah. at all. Yeah, because a lot of people just have they have their set and, mm -hmm. and that's it. Mm -hmm. But I come from like a, you know, a party rocking, you know, real DJ like, really working for it. Yeah, background before I sure. was a producer artist, so mm -hmm. like, right. I incorporate that into my shows now. Even though like I could just stick to my only thing, mm -hmm. you know, I could just have my one set and knock it out. I still like to switch it up to keep to challenge myself sure because mm -hmm. i get bored it's like i could set up my whole playlist and just run right. through it and be perfect and just be like yeah what fun is that yeah is i that like i like the the possibility of me fucking up makes it more exciting right yeah. you know it makes it real you know to be yeah. a good dj right. i mean I, we've heard interviewing djs that djs now have to be producers mm -hmm. but like listening to you and like you having your party rocking background right if you're looking at the spectrum of DJs, are the best DJs come from like that super like beginnings where it's not production, it's just right the for room? The, the best actual DJs for sure come from the background of having to 
rock parties and clubs for crowds that they don't know mm -hmm. with some promoter up their ass telling them one thing right. this guy's telling you played guns and roses this yeah, girl awesome. wants a birthday shout out right. and you gotta like you know be able to weather the storm and yeah. keep right. the party intact yeah. yeah like that to me is what real dj real djing is and makes the best djs right but in the electronic world it's different you know like they may not a there's not you know someone up your ass all the time like making orders girls can't come up to you yeah. at a festival yeah, yeah. and be like give me a shout out you know <laughs> right. so it's like it's different but i mean to me 100 percent, the best djs are the guys who you know really grind it out and play open format sets and have to jump around and read a room right so so how does that work talk about the difference between playing a club and playing a festival i mean there's a big difference huge yeah. difference like even now like when you play a festival, it's like, it's all about you. It's whatever you want to do. No one could say anything. Right. Like, yeah, you're removed from... You're the, removed from the yeah. crowd. You're removed from everyone. Like, no one can be on stage with you mm -hmm. unless you say mm -hmm. you could be here. Yeah. Right. You know, so it's like, at a festival, you kind of paint the picture and that's your show. But like, for instance, like I have a residency at Light in Las mm -hmm. Vegas. And like, I want to go in there and play like I would at a festival but there are there's management and there's tables and there's mm. right. you know you gotta you gotta entertain these like retards from like the midwest who don't know anything about cool music right. mm -hmm. while there's like also some cool kids in there who know every latest thing right. you know right. yeah sure. so it's like it's much harder to play a club than a mm -hmm. festival in my opinion yeah because yeah. like like when i play at light i'm like really like I'm super prepared. I'm mm -hmm. like I gotta have this, this, that, and that, mm -hmm. you know, and really gotta read the room. And then like sometimes in my set, the buck, you know, play some more hip hop, and I could be in the middle of like a house set, you know, right. or like you know they yeah. were like I'll be playing like dope more like underground yeah. type stuff, and they're like we need top forty, we need top forty, and it's just like it fucks up your mindset when you're like in this mode of mm -hmm. like this mm -hmm. is the shit that's popping, and right. it's like yo we need some. Jason Derulo, I'm like, dude. Like, you know, is, that just like, <laughs> is that more management? That's like, yeah, it's doing it? usually yeah. management of the clubs because yeah. they're like, you know, as much <clears throat> as you know, they you're the artist and you're headlining the mm -hmm. club or whatever. Like, they they care about that, but they care about making yeah, money, right. Right. selling bottles, and keeping and people in the club. Right. Right. What, what does that do for you as like your your brand? Because you have a brand, you're, right? You're trying, right? To well, that's that's build. that's a very tough balance mm -hmm. to keep to stay on brand when you're in those, you know, club settings mm -hmm. because you got to please so many people. Yeah. yeah. Now, like once you get to a certain point, it's just like no one can say shit to you, you know, because right. like, of popularity. Right. Because okay. like if Diplo goes into a club, like no one's going to say shit to him. Tell him to right. play. You know, yeah. but like me, I'm still like grinding my mm -hmm. way up and establishing myself. So like I got to play the game and mm -hmm. like DJs got to be cognizant of that. Right. Or else they're going to. They're not going to get booked again at X, Y, and Z Club if they're just like, oh, I'm here doing my right. shit. But they're like, you're just coming up like we're never going to book you again. What's, Who cares? The road, what's the road for a DJ to, to get to that point? Is it do more festivals so people know your brand? And well, then, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's do more festivals. But the way you get festivals is by having an established brand. Like, right. you can't just be like, yeah. I'm just doing festivals. Like, <laughs> I'd love to do that. I would love <laughs> to never to play a club again in my right. life. Right. Yeah. But it's it's a very like like sure. I'm on that path right now like where I've like literally in the past couple of years been turning down almost all club offers mm -hmm. right 
to keep on brand. So I get to the point where I'm on every festival. Now, like, I get festival bookings, but it's not like every festival right. I'm on. So it's like, it's very hard to juggle that balance. Because, like, I'm turning down money left and right yeah. Yeah. for club gigs. Sure. But to, like, take a festival gig where I might get paid not much, but it's, like, a great look, yeah. you know? Right. So it's like... You think you would miss it, that Club stuff? Yeah. A little bit. I actually was talking to my managers about that recently because, like, because I hadn't been playing clubs for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I just started this this Vegas residency, and I played. I'm like, dude, I need to keep playing clubs to just stay sharp right. yeah. with this type yeah, of yeah. stuff. Right. So, like, sure. when it comes up, I'm still the same killer as I am at a festival. Right. You know? Yeah, because I imagine that reading the room, right, like, again, that's a skill that has to be continually right. nurtured. Yeah. And just, like, your thought process of, like, what songs or, like, yeah. your go-to you know, yeah. in, in certain yeah. instances, like, like I'm I'm not thinking about like what mm -hmm. top forty record I want to mix in, right? Mm -hmm. But like in a Vegas setting, I gotta have those right. and like be able to do it in a dope way where it doesn't make me look whack, but it also pleases mm -hmm. whatever crowd or management is is asking for that. How are you making? I'm I'm very fascinated by artists building their brand because it's in, extremely challenging because of money, mostly yeah, because of money, um, and then you have to like build your brand and get popular, but um how do you make those decisions like how do you decide like no more clubs because i need to do more festivals right. <coughs> are you basing that off of the market like seeing other djs and their how their journey has progressed or is it something like you feel in your gut and um it's a, it's a little bit of both you know it's like watching the trends of like how other people's careers progress and like really it's like a between me and my my management and my team we're just like kind of like a group decision like if we want to be a festival act we can't play these clubs because like mm -hmm. if if jco plays greystone you know right once right. a week when brand. he headlines avalon like people are like who cares he, yeah. he plays greystone all the time it's not right. special yeah you know so it's just like make making that choice to like i'm really going for this is the hardest part and then you got to stick to it because like you know, and I'm even like a lot of times I'll hit up my manager up like because I might have a bunch of days off because we're waiting for the right plays. I'm like, dude, man, like, I just want to go out there and make some money. Yeah. Like right, it's tough. I could yeah. kill these clubs and make, you know, a bunch right. of money this weekend. And they're like, dude, we know. But just, you know, like if you want like it's like a choice of like you could be at the top of the club world and make, you know, a few thousand bucks a night, you know. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get to the, you know, 10K plus range, like you got to, you know, make these decisions at some point where I'm not going to, I can't do this because I want to do that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, take what about a step stuff like, like I know you do, you know, do over mm -hmm. um, stuff that's a little more like, it's not the Hollywood club scene. Right. It's like right. Niche, so yeah. it's like not that corridor right. from like Hollywood to Vegas to festivals. Right. Like, is that safer to go like, yeah, I mean, those kind of, like, niche parties kind of that are, like, you know, institution parties, like, great one-offs. Yeah. Like, people go there to really see a DJ do the thing. Like, yeah. I'll do those all day. Yeah. But it's, like, half of these clubs, like... Are, there's no money there. Yeah, there's not money there. That's right. more for the love. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and for your brand. It's a workout, sure. right? It's just... Right, yeah. It's your... just, like, getting to rinse a bunch of records that I don't yeah. normally... Would you do your own events? Like, would... yeah. You know, like I I have thrown events in the past. Like I I did um, a South by Southwest showcase that mm -hmm. I threw myself for mm -hmm. like four years in a row. How'd that go? Um, 
it was great, but it was a lot of work. And I'm just like, yeah. damn. This it is a lot of work. Events are like, a lot of work. Yeah, so I'm just like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. Again. <laughs> That's our core business. Until so. I have like a, you know, I'd rather have an infrastructure and a team that could right. ha- handle all that for me. Right. Um, before I jump back into throwing events. Mm-hmm. But, um, Did you see success come out of South by Southwest doing that four-year stint? Yeah, definitely. It like it like the Super Seven uh, mixtape series, which I started about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that was the it was the Super Seven showcase. So okay. like each year, I did a mixtape featuring six other you know very well-known DJs and artists. Mm-hmm. So the South by showcase would be me and as much of the the people from that right. volume who can Did make it out get, and yeah. plus like there's so many other people at South by so I'd yeah. incorporate other acts and like mm-hmm. like I had keys and crates play the first one mm-hmm. before they were like anything you know yeah. nice. and it's just like it's cool to like you know do stuff like that from the ground up but um right now I just am delegating my energy in like other places Super seven seven seven. What I want you to do is count to ten. super seven a little bit like i mean it's a great it's a great series and mm-hmm. i love you know the i, I love the approach to it that right it's, that it is about including different yeah. djs right yeah well super seven is a series i started like i said seven or eight years ago i'm not even sure i just released volume six um uh last year mm-hmm. and like each volume every dj gets 10 minutes to completely you know flush out whatever they want it's just like and the the beauty of it is like each volume, everyone knows that everyone else is really gonna go in. Right. Mm-hmm. So like everyone yeah. has to like. Yeah, they prepare. They know they gotta come bring <laughs> their sure. shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like it just brings out the best of everyone, mm-hmm. and it's like been a really great, um, you know, jumping point for me. Just from volume one, it kind of like catapulted my career to a certain extent in the DJ world, because mm-hmm. once I did the first one, there was like a lot of. Uh, you know, really well-known DJs are reaching out to me who I never right. even met. Like, yo, I want to get on the next one. I was like, I guess I got to make this a series. And yeah. it just right. progressed to the point where, like, you know, I had guys like Jazzy Jeff and Revolution and mm-hmm. Gas Time Killer to the most recent one. <clears throat> like, a lot of top-tier electronic artists like Nightmare, TJR, Lucas, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just, like, it's crazy how it's grown. It's mm-hmm. just become respected in the DJ community. And now I'm trying to bring it more to the production side of things which is what the last volume you know okay. like each volume i kind of want to feature artists that are kind of in the lane mm-hmm. that i'm at at that time mm-hmm. you know to just kind of like feed off each other and it's like 
it's great. It spreads like wildfire because like between all the artists, you know, sharing it within their networks, it really yeah. gets out there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. 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 Congrats. That's that's awesome. So what about that community? Like, you know, DJs are uh, to some extent you're all competitive with right. each other. Right. Yeah. Um, I know like there's that that sort of spirit of competition, but there's yeah. also like you're competing for gigs. Yeah. And it, then there's a lot of helping each other. too. <coughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny in uh, for me just because I come from the hip hop battle world where right. it's just like super cutthroat. Yeah. Like not necessarily verbally, but on the tables, I'm going right. to kill you like you're whack. Sure. You know, all this. But like that's not like. Right. That's not how electronic music works. And it's like it's all love. Yeah, it's it's all love, but it's also very like clicky, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a lot of like, like I feel like kind of like fake quasi support, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of genuine support. Like mm-hmm. I feel like here in LA, there's a lot of artists who are we're all friendly with each other and support each other's releases for the most part, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. But at the same time, when it comes down to it, you know. The managers are like, nah, yeah. you can't be on this show and this and that. But there's a lot sure. of shady stuff behind doors. But that's every, you yeah. know, industry that's, you know, there's money involved. It's a yeah. business. And it's like everyone wants mm-hmm. to win, you sure. know. And mm-hmm. if you want to win, someone someone has to lose. Yeah. I mean, it's not as cut and dry as win and lose. But it's like, you know, it's definitely very competitive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do love how kind of open people are to like feedback and just supporting other people's music and mm-hmm. so who who's been really helpful to you along the way and and uh what have what have you learned from other djs um well there's been a lot of different i mean like since i've like kind of chosen to go the electronic route there's been like a few people who have like reached out who mm-hmm. kind of like helped guide me and like motivate me mm-hmm. like um like early on a few years ago bass nectar reached out to me kind of out of nowhere it was just like, hey man, I love your shit. I was like, is this real? And then, <laughs> and then we started chatting, and he yeah. was like, yo, we got to make some music together. Nice. And that was like right when he was coming out with his album, and he gave me an opportunity to remix uh, Loca Ona for him, mm-hmm. and I did it, and it went great. And he still plays it in his sets now. That's and cool. he, you know, gave me, you know, some some motivation and just like, just a nice like, the fact that he like reached out and like yeah, yeah, saw what huge. I was doing was just like very motivational. Sir Bob, mm-hmm. um, I have a good relationship with him. Nice. Through my, uh, actually my best friend from college, this kid Eric um, was their like tour and production manager. Okay. Um, for a long time, and he ended up bringing him by my house a few few years ago, and um, we just kind of like hung out, and I played him a bunch of stuff, and we ended up he ended up taking me on tour. We made uh, two originals together. I remixed nice. one of his songs with Peter Frampton. And, you know, just to have, like, kind of, like, OG electronic mm-hmm. dudes who are very established, mm-hmm. you know, just be down for me was yeah. was very great. But it's funny because, like, I'll have, like, a bass nectar and the beat roots, you know, do records with me. But then 
some pe- I'll like reach out to someone who's like kind of on my level here and they try to act like funny style. Sure. I'm like, dude, yeah. Like these guys are, that's, you but, know, you know that's, but that's just how it is. Right. But the thing is that I'm also realizing, realizing is a lot of these kids don't have the background that I have right. and they don't, they haven't paid dues. They don't know what it's yeah. like to like approach it the way I do. So mm-hmm. it's like, as much as sometimes I want to like, just like kind of like spaz out and like sun on <laughs> sun people, I'm just like, <laughs> These kids, they're just, they're young and they yeah. don't approach it the same way. Yeah, and they sure. don't like, they don't think like, oh, he, you know, this is his background. He's done this and that. They just see everything on the super mm-hmm. superficial level. So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. you know, to really break through and connect with other artists that are like younger is like kind of a different yeah. mission than these mm-hmm. like older guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Hey, check it out. I know so many of our listeners are entrepreneurs. You're starting your own business. You're a DJ, musician, trying to get your career off the ground. You need a website. And lucky for you, Wix.com is a sponsor of Rebel Radio. So I can let you know about their tools for you. They make it so easy for anybody to get a website live today. You need to get the word out about what you're doing. And a website is important. So Wix.com offers hundreds of customizable templates, drag and drop editor. You don't need a programmer. You don't need to be a designer, any of that. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. It's free. It's easy. And it lets you focus on building your business, running your business, making your art, all the stuff you need to be doing instead of worrying about building a website, hiring a designer and all of that. That's my story. Go to Wix.com, build your own website today. Tell them Rebel sent you. Wix.com. So uh, let's go back a little bit. Uh, you know, I want to talk about the battle stuff because I know, yeah. you know, you got deep into that with DMC yeah. and, and, you know. So what was the... Um, I guess, uh, how did you get your, like, how'd you learn that stuff? Was it just all the VHS stuff or were you, were you like, were there's a, was there a scene in, in Pittsburgh? Um, well, I started like, like in high school, it was like very, I was watching VHS tapes, like Qbert mm-hmm. instructional videos, all that. Yeah. But I was just very like in the bedroom, like honing my skills. When I got to Boston, when I started like, battling and playing out and i actually formed a dj crew called the deck demons okay and um that was like a crew of like all dudes who were like better at certain things so we all like really learned from each other Mm -hmm. and um that's how i really sharpened up my my battle skills was through being in that crew yeah and just like you know all we wanted to do Mm is be like the best you know battle crew the new executioners Mm -hmm. the new beat junkies and you know, so that's like really what sharpened my my battle skills. Doing that, um, I mean that yeah, that was like my main how I learned how to battle. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just like you know, being in the battles and like yeah, yeah. getting my ass kicked right. a couple of times and be like, oh, sure. damn, I gotta I gotta step it up. You right. know, how uh, how do you how do you take feedback? You know, it seems like feedback is like probably one of the biggest <laughs> yeah opportunities for artists, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it depends 
like on who it's coming from, you know, obviously. But I mean, it's it's tough because as an artist, like when you like present something to someone, you obviously wanted to to be well received. Right. And um, but at the same time, like a lot of times, I'll like if I if I'm sending something that's undone, I'm like, here's a disclaimer, X, Y, mm -hmm. and Z. So like when people come back with feedback, I'm like expecting it, you know. Right. So it's right. tough. It's like I like feedback. Um, obviously I like good feedback better than bad <laughs> feedback, but yeah. it's like, you know, it's like anything. It's like you put your heart and soul into something and if someone comes out of nowhere and is like, yeah, that, that shit's trash. You're right. Like, but have you ever gotten feedback when you love something so much and you're like, oh, that stung. And then like it, months or weeks later, you're like, but it's right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Cause like, you know, you want to stick by your guns mm -hmm. yeah. and like as a creator, you know, it's like, oh, thanks. You know, as a creator, when you make something, you like you you stand behind it. But mm. at the same time, it's just like, you know, when you get feedback from people who you trust, you know, like I have an inner circle of people who is like, I'll send anything to, and they can say anything, and I'm not like offended by it. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. But like certain people, I'll just be like, yo, check this out. You know. And then they like give me feedback that I'm not even asking for. Right. Like, like, <laughs> like no right. one asked you, dog. Right. right. You know, so it's like, you know, feedback is a is a funny thing. Yeah. For sure. You know, being yeah. able to absorb it. Right. In a in a good way. And did yeah. you have mentors at that time, like in in Pittsburgh or or Boston, that were, like, were you figuring it out all on your own, or was somebody? I mean, I didn't have any like straight mentors, but it was just like my crew and my yeah. peers around. Like everyone yeah. was very hungry and just like. You know, everyone was trying to be the best, so right. it was just like, yeah, everyone was like competing and just feeding off each other's energy, yeah, to get better. So, and I know part of that crew, at least in in Pittsburgh, right? You were you were DJing with Wiz Khalifa, yeah, well, Mac Miller, yeah, yeah, but those two are much younger than me. Okay, so I was already out of Pittsburgh when okay. they were like in high school, um, but when I was in Boston in college, yeah, that was when Rostrum Records had signed Wiz, and he mm -hmm. was still in high school. And like my buddies Artie Pitt and Benji Grimberg were like, we just signed this young young kid Wiz, like check him out. Right. And I was on the radio in Boston, so I would support. Oh, cool. And I was actually maybe the first, I think I was the first, but I'm not 100% mm -hmm. sure to like actually play Wiz on the radio outside oh, cool. of Pittsburgh while I was, was that, still in high school. That's college radio? Yeah. Nice. But I was at uh, 88.9 WERS, which is Emerson oh, cool. College Radio, yeah. which is at the time the number one college radio station in the country. Wow. So it was like it had a very big reach. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I would support Wiz early on. And then once he started really bubbling, mm -hmm. um, you know, they called me up and I like held down Wiz on some couple tour dates and like CMJ next mm -hmm. Y and Z. And then he got to a point where he was about to go on. Might have been his like first big tour, like 40, 50 dates. And they wanted me to go. But I was already like kind of DJing and doing my thing and traveling and making like decent money. Right. And like the rate that they could afford to pay me, I was sure. just like, I, I can't do it, you know? Yeah. Which in re retrospect, I'm like, should I have done it? Should I have not done <laughs> right. it? It's a tough call, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, right? Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. but it's actually, you know, like I didn't go and my one of my best friends, DJ Bonix, mm -hmm. ended up being his DJ and he's been his DJ since then. And now, nice. you know, he's still with Wiz and they're, you know, obviously killing right and traveling the world and it's yeah. great to see my friend do that but i'm glad it's him because me like i've dj for a lot of different artists and mm -hmm. rappers throughout time and that's very fun and rewarding but like it's not about you it's not about yeah. your right. music yeah, like so it's like yeah, here's sure. a background guy 
Yeah. Like no decision, like is right. your opinion really gonna matter? Right. Yeah. So it's like, I wanted to be the you know the director of my life and my career path. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, right. in retrospect, I'm yeah, glad I, I'm glad I made that decision. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I could be in control yeah. of my future. Mm-hmm. And so, but I know you did, uh, you did tour with Sammy Adams, right? Yep, Sammy Adams. Yeah. We uh I got booked. We played Terminal 5 in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um I, f- I feel like I forget what website. It might have been like Bro Bible or something like through okay. the, through a concert and I got booked to open for Sammy and it was like a sold out crowd and I just destroyed the place. Nice. <laughs> and like Sammy was like like while I was playing before him, he was like looking at the balcony and like his whole crew was like, yo, this dude's nasty. Like, yeah. And like I finished my set and they were all just like kind of like, yo, like she was crazy. Yeah. And they had another DJ at the time. I'm like, yeah, thanks, man. She's fun. Like, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> and then like a couple of weeks later, they're like, yo, would you want to like come on tour and like yeah. do all this stuff? And at that point, I was like, I saw what that show was like and he had all these like super young fans who were just like so excited to be there and it just had great energy at the shows i was like yeah that could be good opportunity to mm-hmm. you know get in front of some more people help influence his music yeah and you know do my own dj thing and build fans right so uh, i had like a two-year run with sammy and put out like three mixtapes with him mm-hmm. that i like pretty much in art and produced nice for the most part nice and um you know that was a, that was a good run yeah, yeah. Flow so cold with a bitch so hot that when JC yo spin it up, I drop, 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 drop. So many hands up like the crap in the cutout. Went back to the real me, had to sell my old stock back to the real T. And in the meantime, I've been on my damn grind, I've been on my damn mind, I've been on my, I've been on my. All damp in the stool, bosses, boy, who the fuck are you? Tell me you else could even rip that dude. Sold all these drinks before you know who. Back on tracks, got my racks, so 500, I ain't getting no black. Corn in the gang, Hollywood swing, feel so good like I'm baked on man. Dang, God, that far back, big kicks to fill swap shoes with Shaq. Joe found yay, Al found me. Funny as some dropouts. Is that like a game changer for you? Like, does the phone start ringing from that? Yeah. No, that wasn't no. a game changer. <laughs> it was like, I mean, it was dope. Like, I definitely got a lot of love and new fans, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a game changer. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, a game changer was basically after I got done doing that, um, I I went out to be on a TV show. Yeah. Uh, Master of the Mix on yeah, VH1. Yeah. Yep. Um, reality TV show, um, 10 episodes competing for a quarter million dollars. Sure. And I ended up winning it. <laughs> yeah. So that was a game changer. That's huge. You know, sure. just is that so? So obviously the money helps. Yeah. Um, what did did you go buy something crazy? Nah, the money is really what kind of like birthed and gave me the breathing room to become like a producer artist. Because mm-hmm. before that, I was just crazy. You know, playing clubs yeah, and play shows just to pay rent. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I wasn't like I was making money and making a living, but not like savings like real yeah. money man we haven't you know? found anybody yet who's bought something crazy it's, it's not we're gonna, it's just not the we're gonna find somebody anymore. well recently <laughs> i did but oh we'll yeah get to that. okay um well not crazy it was a smart investment but uh yes yeah, basi- i don't want, I don't but, want that I want, like, <laughs> damn why did i spend my money on that? <laughs> nah, but basically it's gonna sink me <laughs> after i won that show and knowing i had that money gave me the breathing room to be like i'm not gonna play these clubs i'm gonna mm-hmm. lock myself in the studio yeah. and get my production up to a point where like people right. will respect jco as a producer artist not just like a great dj right. 
So that was like, yeah. And it's been like since the show was about three years ago. And, you know, I've been fighting that battle for a long time. For a long time, I'd produce remixes and like, yeah, that's cool. But he's just a hip hop battle DJ. He's just a club DJ. Right. You know, he was on that TV show. What was it? And like, I don't even, like, me and my management, like, we don't even tell people about the VH1 show. Mm -hmm. Even though that's a pretty significant thing, like, I don't want that on any flyers. I don't want to be known as like. The guy that won the reality show because mm-hmm. I've done so many other legitimate things sure. in my yeah. career. Yeah. So, so with that background, like, what was that decision like to do TV? Obviously, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but you know, TV can kind of go either way. Right. Well, it was a gamble. Yeah. You know, and I was like, because that match for the mix show, it was on BET for two mm-hmm. years prior. Right. And I was like, dude, I'd kill these guys. And but I was like, it's on BET. I, I don't know if that's really a great look for me. Mm-hmm. And then VH1 bought it out, and they're like, it's gonna be on VH1. I'm like, it's a much bigger network. Right. Kind of like the same scenario. I'm just like, fuck it. I'm gonna try. Yeah. I'm gonna go out. And I was like, based on what I've seen and like how these competitions go and the challenges, I was like, I'll know. I know I could go in there and do great right. and probably possibly win. You know. How much of it was about like behind the tables versus all the other reality show stuff it was all behind the tables there's honestly like no like reality show bullshit like fake drama yeah like i thought there'd be more of that yeah but it really wasn't it was all each episode was like this is the challenge this is us working on the challenge this is us like before the challenge executing it you know after the judge's response it was like there wasn't any like outside of DJing like BS. I That's mean, cool. like they would like try and like while we're sitting there, you know, the guys would be like, "Oh, what do you think about so and so?" and like try and get people to talk shit. Yeah. But like, he, but that's he said normal. About you. But that's normal banter, you know. Right, right, right. But it was like the cool thing about who who was on the show with you. Um, I mean, there was a lot of people. Like, I mean, it's who st- who was your toughest competition? I mean, at the in the finals, it was Chris Carnes, mm-hmm. who's also known as DJ Vadra, he's a DMC world yeah. champion, like incredible DJ. Um, Dynamics, who uh, has won multiple like Red Bull three style competitions. Mm-hmm. This dude, Incrediboy from mm-hmm. New York, who's yeah, dope. Yeah. Um, Loxie, like there's a bunch of like good people, but like cool. when it started, it was like 20 people. And like from the first episode, I was like, I'm not going anywhere for a while. <laughs> I was like, all these clowns are gonna right. get, right. you know, kicked off. Sure. But like, like I killed it. Like the first couple of episodes, like I did really well, and like yeah. the judges were. I was like, I felt like I was like the favorite. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like got a little bit comfortable, mm-hmm. and like the kind of the middle episodes, like like I got some like weird feedback from the judges. I'm like, talk about like, yeah, wait a second, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, but then when it got down to like the final five, I was like, all right, I got to get back on my killer shit, mm-hmm. and like. So how much does that happen throughout your career? I mean, obviously, you know, I've seen. Like, you're great at what you do. Um, the challenge for people, yeah, I mean, uh, but, you know, the challenge for people that are great at what they do sometimes is ego yeah. right. and insecurity and all the internal yeah. stuff, right? Right. How much is that a battle I mean, your career? It's a battle, but it's also, like, such a huge motivator. Yeah. Because it's, like, because I set the bar so high for myself by, like, winning competitions and just, like, yeah just just this straight up brother mentality is like i gotta be the best Mm -hmm. you know yeah and whatever i'm doing i'm trying to win like why would i do it if i'm not trying to win at it 
Mm-hmm. So it's like I bring that into every mm-hmm. aspect of my career and life and just anything in general. Like yeah. whatever we're doing, like if we're trying to drink water fast, I'm trying to drink that shit faster than you, dog. Like, <laughs> so, so you know, it's easy to see in a in a in a battle how that plays out, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a winner and a, right. and a non-winner, right? Um, you know, in a small town or not to Pittsburgh is a small town, but like right. you know, in, in the club scene where it's a very confined thing there's right. gonna be that dude right that's running things right exactly. or a couple of them right right um but you know how does that play out in then producing music yeah right? it's a much a, it's a much different thing and it's right. not like you can't how, be how, like i mean you could be like this track's harder than this track but right. at the same time it's like unless you're like both given the exact same right. criteria the same samples yeah it's like it's different it's music it's like it's so interp- it's interpreted much differently. Sure. And it's like now the real competition is like just getting your music heard. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's like the hardest part because it's like you can make an incredible song, but unless it's released on the right platform, it's not mm-hmm. going to reach the people you want. It's not going to get the plays you want. It's right. not going to get the downloads you want. Yeah. So it's like that's that's the real – the battle now is like who's got the better PR? Sure. Who's got yeah. the better click? Who's – what other artists are resharing their shit on SoundCloud? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a different kind of competition, and it's not as like. I mean, it's cutthroat, but it's not as like cutthroat like. Well, you can't the see days. the effects so easily, like of your yeah. decision, mm-hmm. right? Like, so you know, in the PR example, it's like, well, it might take months to find out if you have the right person or. Yeah, not. well, the PR PR is tough, man. Like, yeah. I've, like I've I have I have PR now, and it's like. Some months I'm like, oh, they killed it, and yeah. like, they definitely earned it. And other months yeah. I'm like, why the hell am like, I paying what's, these what's guys? Happening? Yeah. You know, but it's like, yeah, it's kind of an elusive thing. But it's like, everyone kind of needs it. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. certain certain things like I wouldn't get it if I didn't have that because they have certain relationships that right. me or my management may mm-hmm. not have. Mm-hmm. What about in terms of just straight up music promotion? Like, what what have you learned, or what do you do? What's your what's your go to that that works to well, there's sort of a, break a record now? Well, there's a lot. I mean, honestly, like the number one thing that's like right now and current is like artists like kind of like resharing each other's music mm-hmm. yeah. on SoundCloud. Yeah. That's yeah. like honestly the number one thing to blow up a song because mm-hmm. if you know I release a song and I'm like, Yo, TJR, are you down to reshare this? And he's like, Yeah. He reshares it. It goes out to all his fans. You right. know, right. Yeah. like nightmare. Yo, what do you think about this one? You yeah. down to trade a reshare? And it's just like creating a community of that of all these artists that have right. impact and their fans really pay attention is like yeah. is really the most that's huge like effective way right now right. to like get your music out to fans who actually care about it. So right. how do you decide then? Because you know, how do you decide whose music to reshare? Well, that's that's a tough thing as well. Like, yeah. there's a whole, you know, like, on paper, it's like, how many followers is this guy? Does right. he have as much or more than me than it's right. worth it? Or if he has, you know, 5,000 he's asking to trade, it's like, it's not worth it. But at the right. same time, it's like, if I have a homie, you know, who has, like, a few thousand followers, but I want to support him, like, I'm going to still reshare mm-hmm. his music. Yeah. But, like, on the trade for trade thing, it's kind of weird, and it gets kind of, like, fuzzy and, like, Dudes definitely act funny style. Is that right? You know, like certain artists, yeah. you know, they're just like, 
only reshare this guy or that guy. Right. But it's just like there's kind of no rhyme or reason. Like sometimes management handles it all. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just the artists being weirdos. But like for me, I'm I'm very open to it. Like if if the song, you know, if, if another artist has a has a good song and they want to trade a reshare, like yeah. I'm down, you know? I'm gonna start a service where we hack people's SoundCloud accounts and reshare if you hire us. You'll probably make some money. Because I mean, it'll take yeah. them a few yeah. days to notice, yeah. you know? But also on, By the, then it's like it's on the promotional front, um, that's a good, uh, write that down. I kind of took it back to the old school. Uh, last year I released Turn Me Up Some, which is uh-huh. my big single featuring Redman. Yeah. On my own label, Super 7 Records, which I launched with that song. Nice. Now what I want to know is how many motherfuckers ready to party out there? Red man in the building. Time to wild the fuck out. I did a whole, I did a, a radio campaign where I hired a radio promoter, you know, which isn't mm-hmm. like super old school, but something that people aren't really doing for electronic music. Because sure. it was kind of a crossover hip hop electronic, so like getting spins on Power 106 and yeah. the likes throughout the country. But beyond that, I did uh, like a six city like street team campaign mm-hmm. of like, you know, the the posters on like. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. On like the polls. Yeah. And I like bomb like Lollapalooza, Hard Day of the Dead, yeah. you know, like, or Hard Summer, you know, mm-hmm. like different festivals like EDC New York and just like took it back to that and like strategically, you know, have these posters blown up on the one road that every artist and every fan has to go mm-hmm. through to just yeah. like kind of imprinted in people's minds. Right. And like, like I, a lot of people came up to me like, yo, like, that was like, why did you do that? I'm like, we just like people right. are doing that for years. It's like, yeah, like marketing 101. And, did you, shit. and could you see a difference? Oh, yeah. I was yeah. getting hit up by so many people and just yeah. like like Lollapalooza, for instance, like I had a club show in town, but I wasn't playing the festival. Mm-hmm. But when I was walking around the festival backstage, everyone's like, yo, I seen your shit everywhere. It's just right. like, you know, it's just yeah. like, you know. If you people see your name, they're subconsciously gonna remember it. Right. You know, it's just like right. really putting people forget that there's like real life outside of the internet. Right. You know, it's yeah. like putting something, a real tangible thing in front of right. someone's face. Yeah. Instead of just doing everything on mm-hmm. the internet is like you know it's effective because people like forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I think you know everyone's so concerned with with what's happening online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and for good reason, obviously. You know, yeah, and when I you mean, can click directly to yeah, a song or to buy something, right? no, no doubt. But but that's but if that's where everybody is, right? Yeah. Then maybe there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like by putting posters up at the Lollapalooza entrance, like, yeah, I got you know hundreds of thousands of eyeballs on that yeah. in two days. Yeah. You know, it's great. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. even even like like Steve Gordon who runs Circle Talent Agency is like. JCO killed that. He's like, why aren't why are other artists doing that? Uh-huh. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Where's my festival bookings at? Exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's great. Um, 
So, and then I know you, you've done some other TV stuff. Uh, yeah, I've been on a couple of things. I was just on the Kardashians recently. <laughs> okay. Uh, Doing what? I, uh, I got asked to DJ Kylie and Kendall's like graduation party nice. thing. Like a real graduation? Like they actually graduated? Basically, I don't think so. <laughs> like, uh, I don't, who knows what yeah, happened. Yeah. But uh, but it was cool. It was like at the they had a graduation party. That's yeah, the, yeah. It was at Chris the mom's house and oh, like cool. Kanye was there yeah. and James Harden and all nice. the Kardashian girls yeah. and Ryan Seacrest and yeah. whoever knows what else. That was that was a pretty fun experience. Yeah, good exposure and like by doing that we also like I was like I'll do this but I need to get turn me up some in the episode and I got my song in the episode. Nice. So. So that's great. That's you great. Know, awesome. Me and Sammy Adams were on um, an episode of 90210 back in oh, the day. Shit. Okay. We are on like... DJ? Yeah. Yeah. And we performed on like Conan O'Brien and shit. And right. just like a couple of TV yeah. things. And that's also those things like like for when I was on the VH1 show, like mm-hmm. kind of seasoned me. So I wasn't like weird or awkward right, right, right. in front of camera. Yeah. Just like, yeah. like a lot of people when they were on the show were just like so weird and like just awkward in front of cameras and i'm like for those kind of things like a reality show like you got to go in there like knowing how you want to project yourself and sink right. yourself to that mm-hmm. yeah and if you expose x y and z like you know right. certain dudes are on there crying it's just like it's not a good look dog. Right. <laughs> like it's not helping out yeah for sure so no mentors but like i feel like you have a good grasp of your business fundamentals or like your, your yeah values. i mean you know i i my my father um, is a businessman. Like he grew up, or not grew up, but his. I mean, he, he was an investor and stockbroker, but just mm. very business savvy. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he he's helped guide me, you know, yeah. through all my decisions, and just like through, you know, I graduated college and got a degree in media arts and like, you know, had classes in music business, and it's just like, before like before I. I won that TV show. Like I didn't have a real manager. Right. Like I managed myself and mm-hmm. like booked myself in over twenty countries, like just myself. So like I know how to do it all, like it, from some all sides of the fence, which is tough because like even for my managers now, they're yeah, like yeah. they're like telling me shit. I'm like, well, what about this? They're right. like, why are you worrying about that? I was right. like, just because I know it has to happen. I'm just like, yeah. you know, yeah. Thinking about all sides of the spectrum. So is that a good idea for for young cats coming up to like handle your own stuff for a while? Yeah, I mean, I I would say so. I mean, a lot of young cats. I mean, you have to until you get to a point where a manager really wants to work with you. But it's like, but but a lot of times you get your cousin or you get to you know the the kid. Like I don't like I've seen some bad cases of artists who just like they get a manager and they just like. Whatever you do is like, yeah. I'm not the mercy of you. Right. And I've seen some careers crumble because of that. Right. Because they trust everything into their manager, but their manager might be a snaky guy who's mm-hmm. like, has other, you know, ultimatums or whatever. Yeah. And um, it's tough. Like for any artist, like I recommend that you really. Yeah, you have to. Be, be a part of every aspect of your career mm-hmm. or at least be aware of what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Like you can't just be yeah. blind to what's happening behind closed doors because sure in the end it's your career right you know well going back to when i asked you if it's like a little gut feeling right so kind of like you practicing all assets of the business right has given you like the instinct to know when something is right or wrong yeah it's like like right now i'm working on 
we're doing like a turn me up some tour for like April May and like my management are working on like a tour ad mat and like mm -hmm. they're sending me revisions and I'm just like right away I'm like that doesn't right. work that doesn't work we got to do this and that you know and it's like they must love that they hate it <laughs> but they but it, you know nah, at the a, end of the day matter. it's like yeah, yeah you but know, there needs to be a leader yeah. yeah yeah and it's like you know beyond like me knowing how to do music my whole family is like visual artists like both of my parents oh, so nice. like I grew up you know painting doing graphic design like graffiti like I said so I have a very yeah. good mm. sense of like art and aesthetic so it's like when you know when a flyer or whatever kind of artwork comes around like I know how it how I want it to look and if mm -hmm. it doesn't look right like I know yeah. yeah yeah no I think that's and I for your team I'm sure it's it's awesome to work yeah. with somebody who knows what they're yeah. doing and, what and like we fight doing. a lot but it's like the yeah. awesome thing about my managers um Mike and Sean Interlock Entertainment great guys is they're so passionate about it as, as I am so we'll like yeah. That's great. We'll like argue about it, but it's like all for the greater good. Right. You know, it's like because we're yeah. so passionate about it that we'll fight each other, mm -hmm. you know, over little things, but just because we want it to be great. Yeah. You know? That's good. What did you used to write? Threat One. Okay. I was DJ Threat, was actually my oh, okay. first. Uh, my first DJ name. Yeah. But there was another DJ threat and he uh -huh. like passed away. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, I'm just going to oh, let that be. Yeah. 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 But he was like, Kind of like a West Coast like gangster dude. Okay. I mean that doesn't mean make it okay oh. that he passed away, but I don't know if I know. I, don't think, I, know. I think he was like down with like, uh, like not Dre and them, but mm. some sort of West Coast syndicate. Okay. <laughs> some sort of West Coast gangster syndicate back right in the day. <laughs> um, so is the are the TV shows? I mean not not the Kardashians and not the two but like the. You know, Master to Makes, there's the Simon Cowell show right. that uh, I think you had a party of or something. No? No. That, did that even happen? No, but it, it was floating around. Yeah, no, um, they they're talking to me about oh, maybe okay. doing something for it, but yeah. it never came around. Is that stuff good for DJ culture? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's bad, per se. Like, like Master the Mix, like, even though some of it was... Like the way it was edited was wasn't great, but just yeah. like having a TV show that's just showcasing the different aspects of DJing, mm -hmm. I thought was great mm -hmm. because like especially Master the Mix because it was like kind of turntable related. And right. Each challenge was like the hip hop challenge, the technical challenge, the EDM challenge, the producer challenge. Yeah. It really shows that it isn't just going up there and playing, pressing sure. play. Yeah. That there is more to it, you know. Yeah. So like a show like that, kind of highlights different aspects of DJing. is good for DJ culture, mm -hmm. and kind of like brings it to like the just normal person who doesn't know much. Kind of informs them about what goes, right? What goes into it. Yeah. But like the Simon Cowell thing, even though I haven't seen it, I can only imagine how kind of cheesy and not you'd imagine. Not yeah. But but at the same time, they're trying to highlight a different aspect of DJ right. culture. The more like. Mainstream EDM, sure. yeah, kind of rap, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, so talk about that a little bit because you know you start out in hip hop, mm -hmm. and um, when and why did you make a switch? Well, like I started out as hip hop, you know, and then as I started playing more and more clubs and became like this, you know, club DJ playing everywhere. Like you had to incorporate different music. Mm -hmm. 
and like dance music electronic music was just like so much fun to play because it had so much energy it would get great crowd reaction right it got to a point where all the hip-hop records were sounding the same like besides like a little turn up here and there it's just like this shit is boring it's not mm -hmm. fun to dj and when i play electronic music people are more open to like different stuff it didn't have to be just this hit and that hit as long as it had like a good groove and a good drop like people were down for it in an electronic okay. setting so i was just like i got kind of fed up with the monotony of hip-hop yeah and i was just like i need something else that's like gonna be fun for me to spin mm -hmm. you know and just like you know get the, these crowds to go crazy you know and i saw more reaction from electronic dance music than than hip-hop and so you know when i started really focusing on production <coughs> um you know trap was just like the instant like mm -hmm. yeah home for me because it's a mix of hip-hop and electronic right and that's just like my wheelhouse so it's just like sure. perfect and like that has been pretty much my lane into electronic music i've produced a bunch of different records at different tempos and styles mm -hmm. but just like bass music is you know what you would have to categorize me in yeah you know do you ever think this might go away not djing but like the trap genre nah i don't think so not that it is or isn't right. i was just wondering because like trap is relatively new right right i don't i'm not a music background right. these guys school me all the time but i just always wonder if that crosses your mind like if you start to go that lane but then do you ever get nervous that it'll well for me like even though i produce in that lane like i'm never stuck in that lane because mm. i produce in like like i was saying i produce all types of genres and i'm like because like i approach approach production like i do my dj set like if i could play this type of song in my set i gotta be able to produce it you mm -hmm. know so like i'll play hood hip-hop to trap to like like i'm doing a collab with morgan page right now there's mm -hmm. like some big room house shit that it's mm -hmm. like you know you wouldn't think about that for me but like mm -hmm. if i could hear it and like imagine it like i can make it you know? why, just, why would they approach you for doing something like that that they don't picture you doing who morgan page yeah well the morgan page thing is like it's an organic connection like we actually went to college together okay and um he actually asked me to remix his song running wild mm. last year and the remix like exploded and like kind of surpassed the original and it's been like on heavy rotation on sirius xm for like eight months they play it three times a day still mm -hmm. right? that then we you know we we did a little mini tour um last fall I mean, it's it's kind of a good pairing with like a kind of that sound of an artist and me because like when we play a show together like i'm not gonna play anything that he wants to play and mm -hmm. vice versa mm -hmm. so it's like kind of like yin and yin and yeah. yang and just like and then you know just from us hanging out we're just like we should we should do something mm -hmm. you know yeah and like so I love taking other people's ideas and just like putting my spin on it and like we came up with this great record that's like 
has a progressive like happy feel to it but also has like a trap drop later in it mm-hmm. you know it's just like it's really dope we're getting the top line yeah, for it cool. now and it's just like nice. you wouldn't expect that <coughs> but it's like how do you convey you know? to artists that you want to work with that you guys could do something really big together um if it's someone that i haven't you know yeah, met or don't really right. know like like i'll just like send them a few tracks be like of like things that i've done that i think that like we should do something like this mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. like just last week me and bass jackers uh played together in vegas the first time i met him and, you know like we're just chatting and i'm like yo we should do something and you know i'm gonna send him you know like three or four tracks that are like kind of like his sound but right. mine at the same time mm-hmm. and just to like paint the picture in his mind like oh we could do something like that and it'll be dope um you know like when i i I generally don't approach people that i don't know at all or don't Mm -hmm. have a relationship with but like we played a show together he saw me do my thing he did his thing so it's like there's somewhat of a background there Mm -hmm. you know but it's like you just got to lead by example with a lot of these people yeah yeah no that's great insight so it's not like it was a real natural thing to like just kind of migrate yeah, it was, it was natural. It wasn't like, like a, uh, it wasn't like I had to do a complete 180, right. you know? Yeah. And it's like I kind of eased into it with like a lot of more trappy stuff and then like, you know, the kind of like future bass house yeah. stuff and like the Morgan Page and like some more 128 stuff right. came later. Yeah. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like, it's all just like high energy music. Sure. It's like whatever tempo it's at, like I don't care. But you know? That's kind of a un- unique thing, like, you know, a, uh, whatever a rock band all of a sudden making a hip hop record right does I mean that happens like three times right. you know what I mean yeah like, I uh, mean all like to that like the beauty of like kids these days it's like when we were growing up it's like I like underground hip hop yeah classic hip hop that's right. it yeah, I'm yeah. a punk rocker yeah you know but now these kids like everything yeah so it's like they want to hear everything in a set and so, like they should be able to accept that from a producer mm-hmm. to produce, you know, a lot of different sounds and styles. And like guys like Diplo are a great example because mm. he kind of touches on everything right. and anything that he wants. And that's kind of, kind of how I approach music as well. I'm curious, what do you think that means? So, you know, my generation, I think yours to some extent, like your, you know, your music taste kind of defined a lot about you as a person, right? Not just the music, right? But how you dressed, Right. A lot of your views in life were really came from the music as a center, mm-hmm. right? You know who your heroes were, all that stuff. Just yeah. how you, your your identity. So how does that how is that different now with kids that don't have that like genre identity? Like, yeah. how do you do that? I don't. I don't know. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm not even sure what you're asking exactly. Well, I'm just curious. Like you know. Like, <laughs> I think back to high school, you know, you right. walk around, you're like, oh, that kid's that. that's the emo, you yeah. know, the goth kids. These are the hip-hop I mean, you kids. could still kind of like, yeah, you know, tell people what people are into based on their style. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's like, you know, the all black jogger kind of right. like trap, yeah, trap look people got, you know, sure. and then, you know, if you're a house progressive dude, you got like a, a deep V, uh-huh. you know. So is it just that? So it's the same thing. They just don't hate the other styles. Yeah, maybe the way we did. Yeah, it's not as like this is this and everything else sucks. Right. Yeah. Okay. People are a lot more open, and it's just like you hear Tiesto dropping a hip hop 
right. Jack and his set. You know, it's yeah. just like genres are being blurred right across the board yeah. these days, and I think that's great. Yeah, 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 I do too. Yeah. So, what about? Um, I know you've done a lot of work with brands. Uh, you know, from Smirnoff with the Master Mix to right. McDonald's and, yeah, yeah. you know, a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, back to what Cassie was saying about your own brand, like how do you decide what brands to let in and what brands are sort of off limits? Um, or do you even think yeah, about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, like, like for me, I don't think I'm at a point where I could – I mean, I could turn down if, like, you know, Huggies is like, yo, would you try and do this diaper with us? I'll be like, I might be like, fresh. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, JCL it's diapers. like, like, obviously, like, there's a there's a line between something that's cheesy and not. But yeah. it's like, you know, to get booked for an event for a brand, it's like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that doesn't matter. So mm. But, like, to right. do a full-on full on endorsement, it's like, it definitely matters. Like I've been approached by like some up and coming clothing brands or like mm -hmm. sunglass company that they make dope shit, but I'm like, your name is just right. whack. Like I don't want to put my name next to fucking, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna air anyone out. But you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. it's gotta, For sure. you know, it's gotta sound and look right on paper mm -hmm. and in real life for it to really make sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, at, at my stage in my career, it's not like I have like you know, million dollar endorsement deals coming in. You know, right. I get like, I've been lucky enough to have great relationships with a lot of clothing brands who have been sponsoring mm -hmm. me, you know, with gear, like yeah. like Huff and the yeah, hundreds, so tan deep. So I'm like, gotta stay fresh, you know, Shoe Palace, thanks for these. No, nice, nice. <laughs> we love Shoe Palace. Um, um, but it's like, you know, beyond that, you know, you, you gotta stay within brand. But yeah. like all those brands, like, they they fit within my style, right. you know, like. Mm -hmm. But from like a business perspective, like how much of your management team is thinking about brand relationship? Because I only asked because we had we interviewed Phil Q, uh -huh. who's a big guy in the music industry, um, and was in it when it was the w the old record days, right? right? But now he's saying like brands have all the money, right? And they have all the they have the like what radio did for artists, they can do for young emerging artists now with all the money they have and all the resources. So does your management? Yeah, no, we that? always think about that. And like, like I'm on the verge of launching this new project with Redman called mm. Thousand Volts. We're actually doing a, a group. Nice. Me and Redman. It's going to be crazy. We can oh, get into that great. in a minute. Yeah. But like, we're thinking about like what brands can like help launch that and like mm -hmm. be a great platform. Cause like a lot of these kids, They'll follow uh, the hundreds blog more than they do yeah, like Billboard time. or yeah. whatever. Right, like Supreme and all those guys. Yeah, it's yeah. like they're very influential, and style is like as important as music. Sure. Right. Yeah. So as you go through that, how do you decide? You know what brands are right for it, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean it's just you know, it's it's pretty clear. You know, it's just like, what does this brand do? Mm -hmm. You know, are we down with that mm -hmm. or no? Like, mm -hmm. is it whack? Mm -hmm. Or is it something we fuck with? And it's yeah. just like, and then if it gets to a point where like they're offering X, Y, and Z for this and that, you know, then it's like, you know, obviously lawyers and management sure. and branding and all that. But I mean, it's like for brands, it's for on a, like a street level, like streetwear brands, it's a, it's a lot easier yeah, that's than much like easier. a big sure. corporate, you right. know, thing. But it's just like if Evian Water wants to sponsor us, it's like. Who doesn't like water? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they got money too. Yeah. But so, you know, let's say you're having those conversations, especially with the bigger brands. 
is what what did they what do those guys need to know about how to partner with with you or with with DJs and musicians? I mean, it's just like a, it depends like what they want to use you for, yeah. what they're offer offering you for, and like how are you going to benefit from it? Mm-hmm. It's like, do you ever think about like what selling out would be to you? I don't even know. No, I mean like. Because a lot of people were like, oh, you're going to go on this TV show, you're going to sell out. I'm like, no, I'm going to go on a TV show, whoop some people's asses, and get a quarter mil. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's all about how yeah. you handle it. For sure. And, like, people could, like, question you, like, oh, why'd you do a record with this person? And it's just like, did you listen to the record, or are you just talking shit because right. of this person's name? Yeah. You know, it's like, you could, like, in terms of selling out, like, I feel like you could rebut that in in any way Yeah. For for almost anything. Aside from like, you know, I'm sure there's some super sellout shit. That well, to me, I think I think it's it's down to like you. It's like yeah, right, right. It's it's like how you I like, like it's not for me to decide yeah. if you sold out. Right. It's it's that's up to you. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. And like, like maybe Skrillex could have sold out partnering with Bieber. Yeah, like a lot of like people. A lot them. of people said that initially, and then now I still say that. But that's but that's me. But now, like, but now, but fucking the whole the world is like fucks with Bieber. Like, well, yeah, on a you, real level because Skrillex. I know, but at the right. end of the day, you can never, you can't deny talent. Like if it's good, right. it's good, and it exactly. It's like Bieber can sing, you know, like or whatever his he does. pass and whatever, like. <laughs> You know, like people want to hate him for X, Y, and Z, but it's like the kid is young. He's pretty talented, and mm-hmm. you know, with the right team of people behind him, he can make some hot records. So right. It's like, yeah, but it's I hard think it's hate. kind of like to your point. Like, it's fuck it. It's like if I want to do it, I'm going to do it, yeah. and pe- and your fans will stand behind you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So how did the Redman thing come about? So, me and so this all started with with Turn Me Up, something my single. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had started this record. Loved it. It was great. And I had a Redman sample in there. And I was about to release it just as a freebie. And um, and then I get a call. You get, you're playing a festival in Croatia. Redman and Method Man are playing. Rick Ross, all these people. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I got to hold on to this. Maybe I can meet Red. And who knows? Yeah. So we end up staying at the same artist hotel in Croatia, like on this beautiful beach. And there was nice. like kind of like a, an artist pool party. It was like super chill, not that many people. I'm like, it's my time. I got to just mm-hmm. roll on red and like see what's <laughs> up. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, what's up, man? Like introduce myself. And I'm like, yo, I sampled you on this one track. Can I play it for you? And it's like in the middle of a party. I'm playing it for him off an of iPhone. He's just sitting there fucking with it, red man. And he's just like, this shit is hot. And he hands it back. I'm like, yo, would you want to like get down on it, make it official? And he's yeah. like, hell yeah. And he like just exchange info. Nice. A couple of months later, we knock out the record, you know. Almost a year after that, I put it out on Super 7, do mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then in the meantime, Red was like, yo, send me some other beats. And so I sent him a folder of beats, and he calls me up like, yo, this shit is crazy. Like, we might have to do a whole album. And I'm like, nice. word? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, the Red Man was one of the top rappers yeah. of all time sure. to right. me. Right, especially, yeah, when you were growing up. And um, so I'm obviously like, this is incredible. So from then on, like, he had a bunch of beats and, you know, he was touring and he was, like, writing the stuff and sending me, like, snippets here and there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, like, a real thing, per se. It was just, like, kind of an idea, like, we're going to do this. He's wrote a couple songs. Mm-hmm. And then um, we just kept doing it. And then we were like, yo, we need to come up with a name for this project. Like, let's, he's like, let's do a whole album and this and that. 
and we just kept recording and got to a point where we had like like right now we probably have like seven songs that are like dope Great. and like we just probably like two months ago maybe even a month ago just decided on the name yeah like thousand volts is jc on red man nice and like we're gonna be touring like that's a good one yeah we're gonna unroll it like straight straight to festivals and like headline shows like, yeah. that's cool gonna unroll it like when in is a that? very strategic when way when are you trying to do that um we're probably gonna do first single in april okay Oh, and then like, and then <laughs> like, and then like, um, a few festivals this summer. Yeah, and then maybe like a full fall tour. Nice. But um, like, it's coming together really great. And like, the thing about this project is gonna be like, a crossover, you know, kind of like turn me up some, but a mm -hmm. lot more vocals on it. Mm -hmm. But um, a, the perfect mixture of like hip hop and electronic music. Yeah. You know, with vocals on it, and it's like. Well, what I'm doing now is like we have like the core of it. Now, mm -hmm. for the rest of the album, I'm gonna like work with other like good, well-known producers and like artists and collab oh, that's cool. on those records. Like we just did, uh, <coughs> we just did a record with Zed's Dead that's like out of here. Mm -hmm. Nice and like kind of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, other collaborations with great producers who are in electronic but also love hip hop and Redman. Yeah, so it's just like. The album is going to be like That's a great. perfect mixture and like our live show is like it's going to be nuts because it's going to be like you know all the thousand volts music red mm -hmm. man classics mm -hmm. like all my my solo stuff you know jco yeah. remixes time for some action red man into some crazy build up into some other shit it's just like red going crazy Corner, we have to funk body snatcher. We funk a delegate that got you hard enough that I could do a whole back of ride to an avenue, to an off street and off block. To turn around and do the same damn thing to a solo. But Reggie Noble's pissed. I crushed the whole brain frame. Cause you couldn't maintain the funk. They have a rap style for lunch, job. Cause 92, I take a whole crew. Give them a put to the funk, not all of their go to loose. I'll show you what type of stuff I'm on. You can't pump or slip it because I was born with it. The broken delegate devil hit you with the rap level of 10. One, two, red is crazy party. yeah and red is just super like open and he's like super creative guy yeah sure in incredible shape right now and he's just like nice it's fun as hell like just yeah. brainstorming with him we're like yo what should we have on stage he's like yo man he's like i don't give a fuck we have a couple amish motherfuckers playing tennis on stage he's, <laughs> like, he's like we're just like gonna do some wild shit That's and crazy. it's just gonna Please be it's that. gonna that be like really willy funny. wonka's trap factory with like That's thousand fantastic. volts it's gonna be nuts Please do that. Oh, it's, that oh, it's, would be amazing. Oh, it's happening. Everybody, the whole audience would lose their mind. Yeah, but we're going to we're gonna plan Let's it out. It. And, like, because a lot of people, you know, hip-hop and electronic has been, you know, fucking with each other a yeah. lot recently. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And it's, like, people have done records that have worked, but they haven't done, like, a cohesive right. project. Yeah. And, like, a lot of the rappers they use are, like, they'll be good on a track, but, mm -hmm. like, it's not, like, completely fluid. Yeah. And like no one that says like has the charisma of Redman mm -hmm. and like has the ability to really like transcend and like mm -hmm. touch the hip hop community as well as electronic at the same time. It's just like like Zed's Dead, for instance, like I'd never really met them before, mm -hmm. but through um, my roommate and his brother, they tour managed them nice. like, yo, JCO's doing this project with Redman. And they're like, dude, that's one of our favorite rappers. We'd love to do a track, you know? Yeah. So it's just like mm. helping just like create this, you know, communal environment where we're going to create this project that should just fucking change the game, hopefully. Yeah. Awesome. 
favorite DJ of all time. <laughs> Damn, that's be tough. Because I like, because I have let, so don't many let different, yet. different eras. Can, yeah, of DJing. Um. All right, favorite live show you live DJ that you've seen. Um, I'd say like on the classic party rock and level, Jazzy Jeff. One of my top. He's always the one everyone says. Is he? Yes. No, he's, all of like he's, the, the he's core, the most like mentioned. Good, all the DJs that are DJs. Because what I love what I love about Jeff is like he's technical, but he's also very like party driven yeah. and can play lots of genres and jumps around. He has great charisma. He's just, you know it's right. he's Jazzy Jeff. You know. Okay. What about uh, mixtape? Mixtape? Yeah. Probably. Can you think back to like best mixtape? Probably JCO. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, best mixtape DJ. I mean, like, I mean, that's tough because it's like the actual mixtape. Are we talking about like clue type of mixtapes? Yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah. Mixing mixtapes. No, like, well, I guess it's up to you. I mean, my favorite, like, mixtape that spawned everything. I, I hate to say Funk Flex it to be one of my oh, favorite yeah. DJs, but 60 Minutes of Funk Volume okay. 1, that mixtape. It's great. It's a quintessential mixtape yeah, for it's me. Z Trip as well. Yeah, uneasy is a listen. big influence. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, battle mix. What's the who's your who's the best battle? Craze. Yeah, Craze is my dog. At DMC. Yeah, yeah. that's the shit. Yeah, nice. Thanks for being here, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Dope. You're awesome. Thank I'm excited. You. So yeah. uh, promote the socials. Is is thousand volts? Is that stuff? Uh, live yeah, we yet, got or? we did we did just get those down. Um, it's uh. Thousand volts official, and thousand volts music. One zero zero zero. Yeah. Volts. Um, and at JCO J A Y C E E O H on on everything. Dope. Um, definitely follow that. Got so much music coming out solo, yeah. and then the thousand volts coming out later this year is gonna be gonna be a problem. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> we'll be awesome. watching, man. Come back yeah, and yeah. promote anytime. For sure. Okay, that was my man JCO. So many lessons, so much good music. I hope you enjoyed it like I did. Hit us up with comments. Hit us on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Hit us on Facebook on our very own Facebook page. And leave us a review and comments on iTunes. Look up Rebel Radio. Give us those five stars. Give us six stars if you feel like it. Most importantly, Special shout out to our newest sponsor, Wix.com, supporting us here at Rebel Radio. If you need a website, do it yourself. Get your site up today at Wix.com. It's so easy to make your own site. You don't need coding. You don't need to be a designer. All that. There's hundreds of customizable templates. The drag and drop editor. Just make it happen. It's fast. It's easy. It's free. Go to Wix.com today. Wix.com. Come back next week. My guests will be Kevin Kerslake and DJ Kevin Scott, producers of the As I Am, the documentary about the life and times of DJ AM. We're going to have great conversation, I'm sure. We'll see you then. Peace. <laughs>